Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Let's do it. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. A lot to get to today. A lot of fun to have today. We'll start with something rather frustrating, though. Uh, just the denial. Mm-hmm. The assault on reality from the left continues. It's every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's a reality blitzkrieg is what we're seeing right now. <laughs> The White House has put out an after-action report on the disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal, and they found out, hey, we did a great job. Anything bad that happened, that was because of Donald Trump, you see. See, we we were helpless. We're going to blame all of it on a guy who wasn't president at the time. And I I suppose some people in this country believe this, that are brainwashed. I mean, that's the thing. As long as you get out there and you say it, with enough conviction it doesn't matter if it's true or not you just have to say it and then people think okay well orange man bad therefore afghanistan was his fault yeah i guess you get your chuck todd's and your savannah guthrie's and you know robin roberts to say yeah i understand that why would they get the blame when it was trump's fault for afghanistan are you kidding me so this is john kirby from yesterday he said you know everything ran pretty smooth too For all this talk of chaos, I just didn't see it. Not from my perch. At one point during the evacuation, there was an aircraft taking off full of people, Americans and Afghans alike, every 48 minutes. And not one single mission was missed. So I'm sorry. I just won't buy the whole argument of chaos. From your perch, did you ever see the video of people falling off the plane? Right. Ever? It's astounding. Uh, holy smoke. <laughs> I mean, did, did you wow. not? Wow. Did you not see? I had, just, I had never heard that until right now. I know. How in the absolute hell can you deny <laughs> what was going on? You just Everybody do. saw it. Everybody. Don't believe your lying eyes. This mm-hmm. guy. Holy cow. I know. If only Pinocchio were real. <laughs> like a 12-foot nose right now. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. And don't worry about people getting caught in landing gear and whatnot. No. Don't, don't worry about people being harassed and shoved aside at the airport gate because we handed over the security responsibilities to the Taliban. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't worry about the fact that 13 service members got killed because of the chaos. Well, only reasonable members of the Taliban. Like, there is such a thing. <laughs> Come on, man. What is happening? Remember that report? Because it was was stunning when they said, yeah, we handed over operational control of outside the airport to the Taliban. They are the ones who are going to be escorting people who are fleeing the Taliban into the airport. And remember, the reporting was the people in the Taliban didn't want that job. They were actually kind of surprised when the U.S. suggested it to them. They didn't want to do it. They were like, hey, we got a country to overthrow here. We, we, can't, we can't be playing traffic cop out there. Yeah. And you fast forward to today, there are so many members of the Taliban that hate life because they have office jobs. Right. <laughs> they want to get back out in the field. Well, yeah, I mean, the guy who was responsible for bleaching eyes uh, had to actually <laughs> go to work. <laughs> 
Gosh dang it. What, what is this 401k nonsense? I, don't, <laughs> right. I gotta sit through another one of these seminars? Dang, this sucks. Oh, uh, my I was goodness. trained to cut fingers off. I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, remember, I, I, th- this report, the way it lays it out, and I've called him this for a long time, but it really is. It, jo- Joe Biden is president bystander. Because if you look at yeah. this report, everything happened around him, not as a result of him. Everything was sort of like, well, he got bad intel. Uh, and, uh, you know, Trump had made this deal with the Taliban and put him in a bind. And, you know, and people just didn't really see anything. And they were passing him along information that they believed was true. And he had no reason to doubt. So Biden obviously is not to blame for any of this. Right. I well, like Biden also said at the time there was no mistake in letting the Taliban provide security. Right. No, <laughs> no mistake there. No. <laughs> Jeez. Now, I I love this. Uh, Newsmax reporter James Rosen actually asked John Kirby, why is it that Joe Biden basically seems like a helpless character in this drama? (laughs) I haven't heard this yet. I can't wait. I just don't understand why you're willing to depict uh, your boss, the commander in chief, as so helpless in this instance president was anything but helpless. He drove a very, as I said, uh, a a deliberate and inclusive uh, decision-making process. Um, He was able to secure some extra time uh, for us to be able to conduct a withdrawal and do so uh, effectively. Whoa, I thought he complained that he didn't have that. That, Yes, that was the talking point, was we had this deadline that we were only able to push back so far, but, you know, it's because Orange Man bad set up this entire operation we just had to to work with what we had but now kirby's saying but he was able to buy time yes what the <laughs> he repeatedly as i said in my opening statement throughout the entire withdrawal post his national security team and senior military leaders about the conditions on the ground asking tough questions and getting <laughs> oh. answers uh, and getting responses he gets credit for asking tough questions uh, do you think the Taliban's going to take over Afghanistan? Uh, not, a, not as far as we can tell, Lloyd Austin. Okay. But see, he asked the tough questions. What does that even mean? Uh, and getting responses. And he acted on the best military judgment and the best assessments from the intelligence community as he could, as he made these decisions going forward. Um, and some of those assessments turned out to be wrong. Right. And who lost their job? <laughs> no, no, Nobody. Just, I was exactly what I was going to say. Heads should have rolled at that well, point. Well, and it, it's not like there were minor details that got missed. Kind of the biggest blown call was the idea that the Taliban wouldn't take over Afghanistan as quickly as they did, if they even did at all. Right. I mean, that that's a pretty big blown call. That's not Huge. some. That's not like, oh, yeah, we forgot to fill up the gas tank on the airplane or we you know or uh, the the landing gear tires weren't properly inflated or oh you know what we we forgot to charge our cell phones or something like that that's kind of the whole game is that you missed that part of it that the taliban would sweep across the country and take over kabul within days well, remember the narrative, too, the well-trained fighting force? Yes. The Afghans, oh, we yeah. taught them how to do this. 
Now it's on them to protect themselves. <laughs> they just folded like cheap chairs. Yeah, nothing in our intelligence said that they would fall like that. Yeah. Except all the people on the ground there said they're they're not ready. They're not gonna they're not gonna defend anything. By no. the way, and it was from yesterday. We don't we maybe we can get to it later. Um I think it was Ducey that asked the question yesterday. Who is getting fired? Yeah. Nobody. No one. Nobody. All right, more on that a little bit later. Um so, uh, David, I see, you know, the different headlines. We're, you know, going back and forth what we're going to mm -hmm. do, and I'm sending you stuff, and Scott's got stuff, and then I see a headline from you that says, Expelled Democrat compares himself to Jesus. Yeah. Now, that's one that's going to get some attention. Yeah. Uh, lawmakers in the state of Tennessee expelled a couple of Democrats from the legislature because they took part in the mini-insurrection last week. I mean, if you're, if you're calling what happened at the Capitol riot an insurrection, this is what it was. They opened the doors for a mob to come in to the state house. Yes. All right. So anyway, that was against the rules. They correct me been. if I'm wrong. There was state house business going on. There was. Well, this is even worse than January sixth. And, and it, it, you know what? It also happened during the day. So I'm, I'm surprised that <laughs> Attorney General Merrick, Merrick Garland, Garland isn't looking at this in through the lens of terrorism. But so Justin Pearson is one of the guys who got expelled. And yeah. as he was talking, uh, he compared himself to Jesus because, after all, we got Easter coming up. All right. Can't wait for this. Roll it out. My savior, my black Jesus. He was lynched by the government on Friday. And they thought. Hold, that hold on a second. Is he saying Jesus or the black Jesus? Or what are we talking about here? Well, he's kind of weaving the Jesus story into his personal experience right now of not having his job anymore. Okay. <laughs> Losing but your that, job, same thing as being tortured and murdered. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, that happened yesterday, but this is Friday. Okay. Yeah. And they thought that all hope had been lost. Representatives were thrown out of the state house. Democracy seemed to be at its end. Seemed like the NRA and gun lobbyists might win. They're still going with the NRA and gun yeah. lobbyists. Dude. But oh, that was good news for us. I don't know how long this Saturday in the state of Tennessee might last. But oh, we have good news, folks. What is it? We've got good news that Sunday always comes. Resurrection is a promise. And it is a prophecy. <laughs> I want to tell you it's something. It's a new religion. Holy cow. <laughs> I want to tell you something right now, though. Yeah. Real quick. Now, when you, when you actually comprehend what he's trying to say, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. But from a performance standpoint, that guy can sling it pretty well. I'm just saying, if you, if you don't really know what the score is, Mm -hmm. And you just see this guy speaking very passionately, clearly, you know, throwing this out there. I mean, you, you, I can understand how somebody might, if they don't really know what's going on because they only watch the Today Show or whatever, might say, yeah, man, that's just a passionate guy standing up for what's right. And that's why they, those racists in Tennessee kicked him out. Boy, you're really having to suspend any sort of intelligence to well, say that's convincing. Well... Again, if you only watch the Today Show, uh, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, so, golly, you know, I. So you push your way into um, the into the state house, and you got booted for it. That is like Jesus being crucified for all of humanity's sins. Yes, got it. 
Okay. And it is a prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound a little like he was channeling Obama there. He was trying. I don't care if it rains and freezes as long as I got my legislative Jesus <laughs> sitting all on the floor with his fist raised. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And the other part of this story, too, is not only is this dude comparing himself to Jesus, but because the two people that were booted were black, that the whole thing reeks of racism. Yeah. That is really something, man. Can you? Can anybody else, like, sort of from the inside, bring out that preachery sort of vibe that 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 dude has? I mean, if you had to riff on, I don't know, your favorite breakfast cereal or something like that. And then I finally had the Fruit Loops, <laughs> and just this week, says in the Book of Milk, <laughs> Cheerios. There's a new product. Be my guy. And my wife bought it just to try it one time. <laughs> and it had marshmallows <laughs> in with the Fruit Loops. I eat Raisin Bran. I can't leave the house after that, but I eat it. And it was a taste I'd never experienced before. Now, can I get the, the same sort of accolades, David, if I can reach into my <laughs> no, passion just, like you that? Didn't, you didn't have the passion the same way. Dang you it. You also have to have the victimhood. I told okay. my wife to get whole milk, but she <laughs> got skim. But we shall overcome. And they took my grape nuts from me. <laughs> Kellogg's is on line one. They want to buy advertising. Save your rooms. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and the trans crap has gone. I mean, it, it's ended so far into crazy land. Uh, we'll get to that. And much more. <laughs> All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David, you have the story on Riley Gaines. This is yeah. crazy. Uh, Riley Gaines is a former NCAA swimmer. Uh, she's become very outspoken about protecting women's sports from the trans lunacy because she had to compete against a dude who called himself a woman, and obviously that's not fair. Uh, well, she did an event at San Francisco State University. She's working with Turning Point USA now. Uh, mm -hmm. She got assaulted by a dude in a dress and then was chased down the hall. And she posted a short video of her getting evacuated while the mob was screaming at her. Wow. Yeah, sounds reasonable. Yeah. Uh, she was barricaded in a room for three hours. Three hours. And they had security out there. Uh, one of the university officials was out there trying to talk down people and uh get them to disperse and all that and uh then at one point somebody threw out the idea of her giving ten dollars to everyone in order to leave just ransom yeah and you know what is always great to hear someone from the white house like biden get out there transgender kids have more attacks more and more every day and blah, 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 and always under attack. Really? I never see video of that. All I see is conservatives going to colleges, speaking common sense, and the attacks are on constantly. Well, it's really yeah. been amped up, too, over the last six months. Agree. Really amped up. Man. It's almost like they're afraid to lose the position. You've said this. Yeah. I, I, that your sense is... That they're, they feel this, this slipping away from them slowly. That people are starting to realize, wait a minute, this doesn't sound right to me. 
that, yeah, it's, that a it's child not a coherent have this argument that yeah. you're putting forth. Yeah. And we've abandoned the mental illness issue completely. We right. just accept it or die, or else, you know, yes. we've been told the kids in mass commit suicide if they can't have this done. Which, again, bring me the receipt on that one. Well, the other part is, and if you bring up an argument, there is no argument they want to actually no, debate. None. It's just. Right, trans rights are human rights. There we go. Yeah. By the way, the new Biden education rules prohibit blanket bans on males and girls sports. Yeah. Maybe at some points in times, but it's all very vague. Uh-huh. But one thing you can't have is rules against trans kids competing in sports. They should all be able to compete. Yeah. And again, no one's ever said you can't compete. You just have to do it by your biological sex. Yeah. But now you have people screeching at others that bring up biological sex. Like, somehow that term is offensive now. No. No, line is drawn in the sand. You can't just let this go on and on. You have to stop it somewhere, and it has to stop. Well, women need to stand up and push Everybody back does. Yes, I agree yeah, with you. But the, you've got to get involved in this because they're trying to erase you. Oh, man. Yesterday, when you weren't here, Scott, um, there was a question that was asked of Kareem Jean-Pierre. And that was, what about Biden? What age is okay for the gender affirming? Yeah. She can't even say her own community right. And does the president have a position on at what age these kinds of therapies and surgeries are appropriate? That's something for uh, a child and and their parents to decide. It's not something we believe uh, should be decided by uh, by legislators. Uh, So I'll leave it there. No guardrails. But... um, Listen. Well, you know, in the past couple of months, we have seen uh, a record number of LGBTQI bills, anti-LGBTQI bills. More than 600 of them have been filed in state houses. Who? Uh, What? And a significant number of them have been uh, anti-trans bills. And, uh, you know, targeted at youth. And this is a president Uh, that has said... Yeah, great argument. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, can't even say it. Okay, news update straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, David, um, talking about Afghanistan and how we left, and it's a national embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Now the White House is trying to rewrite history. Uh, yeah, they True are. True reality. Just believe us what we say. Yeah, they compiled a bunch of after-action reports from various agencies to try to paint the narrative that, hey, Biden did everything he could. Uh, but, you know, that, that guy who wasn't president, uh, he's to blame for all of this. Uh, you know, anything bad that happened was because of Donald Trump. Uh, and as far as the billions of dollars worth of gear we left there, yeah. Spokesman John Kirby says, hey, that's just fake news. No, we gave it to Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Roll it. Okay. Go ahead. Let's hear this. It's just like what we're doing in Ukraine. We give Ukraine uh, artillery ammunition, Stinger anti-air missiles, Javelin anti-tank. It's their stuff at that point, not the Americans. It's their stuff. That stuff belonged to the Afghans. And so whoa, this- whoa, whoa. Yeah. So that you're also is this like Kirby taking care of two things at once to say, no, we're not going to keep track of what happens to our stuff. It's theirs. It was a gift. Yeah. 
We don't want any accountability on that. Why? <laughs> I, I, I mean, the, the Pentagon literally said, no, it's cheaper to leave it all behind. I mean, th this isn't a conspiracy theory or anything. I mean, it, uh, that was actually the line was that we just yes. could not actually get all of those things out. And if it was a gift to Afghan security forces, then why did they make such a big deal about disabling all the all the gear or as much of the gear as they could? It makes no sense because no. they're lying well, out of, of their they, butt, yeah. as usual. It's crazy. Okay, go ahead with the rest. There's more. And so this idea, this argument is just ludicrous that we left millions of dollars of stuff in Afghanistan. We didn't. We turned it over. I'm sorry, man. I know we got 10 seconds left. What happens when John Kirby looks in the mirror? Is there any soul at all? I know we really don't have the answer, but that's what I wonder to myself. Well, this is a new argument. But, dude, how many times has that guy gone out there yeah, oh, and yeah. lied through his teeth? And he knows he's lying. But the fact that they left the equipment there has been the narrative for well over a year now. It's all of a sudden shifted to, well, it was theirs. It was, yeah, we gave it to him. Does when, he somehow believe somewhere deep in his soul it's for the greater good for him to just lie through his teeth like that? <laughs> it's disgusting, man. We turned it over, as the previous administration would have done, too, because part of their thinking was they were going to have to turn this material over. It was turned over appropriately uh, and carefully and deliberately with the Afghan National Security Defense Forces. Uh, we don't know that at all. Mm. Well, even if it was, it belonged to them for what, 18 hours? Hold on a second. Is there any proof that that was the plan under the Trump administration to leave all the stuff there? Well, no. I, well, remember when Trump talked about that conversation? Yes. That he yes. had? I do. You mean you think it's cheaper to leave it there so they can have it than it is to fill it up with a half a tank of gas and fly it into Pakistan or fly it back to our country? You think, yes, sir. We think it's cheaper, sir. That's when I realized it was a <laughs> yes wow man you know there's so much going on always in the news cycle and things just sort of fall by the wayside after a while but bringing up all of the afghanistan stuff again it, for a lot of people in the country the anger is there again especially for people who've served the country and the way the whole thing went down just disgusting in so many different ways there were several tanks that were due for free oil changes they didn't want <laughs> well and dude and then i can't help but think of all the other things around it just pussyfooting we we, oh. we are such the administration and the way we go about foreign policy i don't know how to say it other than it's just whisker biscuit man you got we're consulting with the taliban consulting we're the United States of America. Who was that, Jake Sullivan at the time? As I said, we are engaging with the Taliban, uh, uh, consulting with the Taliban on every aspect of what's happening in Kabul right now. No, no. I'm not just trying to play some Rambo fantasy. It's no, this is how this is going to go down, or you are going down. I just got a text from one of our listeners. Were the people left behind a gift, too? Yeah, no kidding. Apparently so, yeah. yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. And the Taliban are going to have to decide who they are. Yeah. Like, you trust them now? You have to uh, yeah, you trust them? Well, uh... Taliban has to make a fundamental decision. Is the Taliban going to attempt to... Yeah. ...be able to unite and provide for... Who? 
the well-being of the people of Afghanistan, which no one group has ever done. Ask the women in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Anybody with a brain could have predicted what was going to happen and that it unfolds. Golly. The Taliban has said, we'll see whether they mean it or not. <laughs> They're seeking legitimacy. Yeah. We really are. Well, we saw being it. Yeah. Run by absolute idiots. Uh, I mean, it's either idiots or people that are 100% evil. And I think it's basically a combination right now. It, it, because it's one or the other. Just awful, mm-hmm. bad people or just completely stupid. One or the other. Okay. Man, there's a lot more to get to. But there's some fun in this show today. I can't wait to get to Tucker Carlson last night taking down NPR. That was one. And I know you guys haven't heard it yet. Uh, we'll get to that coming up a little bit later. Uh, but it's time to do something that we do every day at this time. Um, got a little computer freeze. I don't have my... My theme for what's your story, sorry. Um, But we're always looking at stories that are happening, and it may not be the biggest one of the day, but it certainly got your attention. So, David, what is your story today? Uh, This is actually just really quick. It's just something that made me chuckle here. So, apparently, Tiger Woods uh, is having a slow start at the Masters. I think he was like plus two yesterday. Yeah. Uh, And there's a story on foxnews.com talking about how he is in constant pain. He's had mm-hmm. back problems in the past, and then, of course, that awful car accident that he got into. Um, and so he, he is in a lot, of, a lot of pain, apparently. Yes. The headline that Fox News chose to run with mm-hmm. is just Sigh of the Tiger. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you know... I suppose golf is one of those games where you have people, and you've said this before, Scott, you tune into the majors, yeah. maybe a tournament here and there. Yeah. But for the longest time, Tiger Woods is the lead story. And I think it still is. Like I think it was either today or Good Morning America or something. It was all about Tiger. People that follow golf know Tiger really has no shot. I mean, it would be a miracle if he was even in contention. But it's still the story. And so it's like, well, he shot two over. Maybe he can make the cut. That would be really good. But then it's the sigh of the tiger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Decent points for a headline there. What is your story, Scott? Uh, my story involves uh, America's favorite former Congress critter, now CNN contributor, <laughs> Adam Kinzinger. <laughs> well, you love stories with Adam Kinzinger. Adam Kinzinger. Uh, the absolute hypocrisy here is dripping. Adam tweeted out after the legislative meltdown in Tennessee where they kicked two of their legislators out completely. Mm -hmm. The GOP, Adam said, kicked out legislators for protesting guns. Not censure, fine, expelled. This is fascist! (laughs) It it wasn't just a protest. It was about leading a mob into the state house, right? I mean, that's... You got people with bullhorns coming in while they're trying to do the people's business. Yeah, that's against the rules. And well, you get, you, uh, right. Yeah. They aided an insurrection, which good old Adam, little tiny tears here, was, according to him, he taught us that a, a billion 9-11s were playing out <laughs> on January 6th, if you remember. Right. And uh, we play by your rules, Adam. You created the rules. We're just playing by them. You arrested the leader of the opposition party, Adam. 
your ilk did. So shut up already. Oh, well, and, and and hat tip to our 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 good pal at KXL Radio, uh, Jim Ferretti, who reminded me this morning that in the state of Oregon, there was a lawmaker charged with a crime for letting protesters in. Oh, that's right. Adam Kinzinger, come on, man. Everybody knows what this game is. The guy is... You talk about not looking in the mirror. Well, you are just going to be the squishy Republican so you can get a job on cable news when your run is over. I mean, there's a lot of people that have gone down that road. He's the latest one. He should be trying to get to uh, get a hold of Tennessee, Tennessee legislators to gerrymander those two out. He knows how, <laughs> he knows how that works. Um, for my story today, you know, I think after the last couple of weeks, we're talking about, you know, where we are as a country, all of that. And I think a lot of people, we've talked about this before, I've wanted to just sort of stay back. I don't want to get in the fray. You know, I could lose my job. Oh, yeah. A lot of different things. And um, when Ron DeSantis was out there talking about, you know, Republicans have developed a culture of losing instead of a culture of winning. Um, I've got that clip, and then it goes on. It, it, to me, kind of like standing up for what is right. I just want to play it and then get your reaction. But in this endeavor, there is no substitute for victory. And what I see around the country with Republicans is they started to develop a culture of losing. And it's almost like this is something we saw it in Wisconsin with this Supreme Court race. We saw it with a very disappointing midterm elections. In Florida, we have a culture of winning. We have a culture of execution and we have a culture of delivering results. And you need to be able to win it's not easy okay and this to me i don't some people take this as just shots at trump i take it as something bigger than that and it's not just shots at an opponent when he gets to this part when you stand for the right things in this day and age man you are going to have a lot of blowback leadership isn't cost free uh, you got to have the courage of your convictions and you got to understand that whether it's a governor whether it's a mother going to a school board meeting to protest some of the insanity, they're going to come at you, uh, and you're going to have to make some sacrifices. Uh, but, you know, uh, I think it's worth making those sacrifices. Lord knows people have made much bigger sacrifices in the history of our country so that we could be free. I think that's what it's going to take yep. if we're going to turn this thing around. But, and as you guys have said many times, it starts, you know, with small government. Yeah. Oftentimes. And you do see that happening. I think that gives a lot of people hope. And the silver lining to me is that thanks to Trump, because Trump was such a polarizing figure, just his personality was. Yes. The left, their screeching is getting louder and louder and louder every day. The arguments are getting worse and worse yeah. and yeah. worse. Because there's only so so long you can just go to the well of Hitler, fascism, racist, transphobic, whatever. Mm -hmm. And now they actually can't make arguments for the things they believe. They just yell at you. And so when they start yelling at you, when they start calling you names, you know you're over the target, and all you have to do is argue your points because they can't counter it at all. It's true. They've only learned how to screech better, not argue better, thanks to Donald Trump. Yes, I think that's well said. 
The other thing <laughs> that Trump did, and many people have said it, he exposed media for what mm-hmm. it really is. He really did, unlike anyone in our lifetime. And thank you, Don, for that. Because um, it was far worse than I think a lot of us ever imagined it was. All right, much more to get to. Um, get to a news update. And there's a drink on the market now being called a legit laxative. <laughs> Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Media lying again, David. Yeah, so do you remember, and and we haven't talked a lot about this lady because she's mentally ill, but the left loves her. Uh, This lady named Rebecca Jones uh, in Florida had worked for the health department or something and then claimed she was a whistleblower that, oh my gosh, Ron DeSantis was covering up COVID deaths in the state of Florida. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because everybody is so insane now, they believe this lady who also... Uh, stalked a student of hers, remember this, and and sent naked pictures of him to his family. She's a nut. Right. She's actually, I yes. think she's a convicted felon too now. But anyway, she's a complete nut. Well, her her kid, she has a 13-year-old son who was arrested. Now, the headline from the Miami Herald, and you may have seen this repeated elsewhere, 13-year-old son of Rebecca Jones, whistleblower who clashed with DeSantis, arrested over memes, is what it said. And she's claiming that the governor is uh, kidnapping her son, essentially. What did the kid actually do? He was threatening to shoot up a middle school. Well, that will get your attention. Saying, like, I'm on antidepressants and they're not working. I guess I'm going to go kill a bunch of people. And talking about shooting cops. And, I mean... That he was arrested because he was making terroristic threats. That's the fact, actually. That's not making memes. That's threatening to kill people. And if you want, you know, common sense law enforcement to prevent school shootings, I don't know if the kid was ever going to actually do it, but you got to start taking that kind of stuff seriously when somebody says it online. Becca Jones, kid depressed. Yeah. Really? I'm not surprised. No, not at all. Well, yes, that's a threat. That's not a meme. Not like the one guy that's looking at 10 years for memes right. about Hillary Clinton, right? which is insane. But that's out there. That's the thing, man. It's, it's not even about trying to be accurate. It's propaganda mm-hmm. all over the place. And the people that put that in, the Miami Herald, wherever, David, you're around news people a lot. They know better. Yeah, they do. It's not like, well, we made a mistake on that one. Because if they actually made the mistake, they would own it. Hey, your trust is important to us. We got that one wrong. We're vowing in the future that we're going to get it right. They don't do that. Mm -hmm. And that's just because it's propaganda. Wow, man. Okay. There's other stuff out there. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you just throw in something lighter. Rock news. There was the controversy with Ace Freely. Ousted guitarist to kiss mm-hmm. them. Now Mick Mars, ousted from Motley Crue, is suing Motley Crue and accusing them of faking it on stage. You're not even playing on oh. stage. <laughs> oh, daddy. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is... 
The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Astoundingly, the White House is proud of our Afghanistan withdrawal. Yeah. Kind of a job. Yeah, we did. We did, basically, they put out this report yesterday that said, uh, we did a great job, and any problems you have, you got to talk to the previous administration. Okay, period. That's it. It's their fault. Their fault. We did the best. We, we played the cards we were dealt, okay? And we did a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, when you take over with a new administration, you could say reshuffle the deck. I put my cards back. I'm in charge now. They didn't... They didn't have to do anything. No. That's a load of crap. Yeah. And uh, in spite of the what we saw, an immediate collapse of this government that we have spent millions of dollars building uh, has cost hundreds, thousands of lives. Billions of dollars, thousands of lives. Yes. Yeah. 20 years. But, well, and, and, you know, we let it all just collapse in a month. But yep. we're pr- but we need to still be proud of the job that the Biden White House did with all of this. Th- that's according to White House spokesman John Kirby. Okay, everybody gets a trophy. Go ahead, John. You guys are proud of the way that this mission was conducted. Doesn't mean. By the way, if and I know you're listening to this right now, to paint the picture, a Peter Ducey, the look of amazement and disgust at the same time as he asked that question, like what? Are you joking? Really? This mission was conducted. Doesn't proud mean of that. Proud of the fact that we got more than 124,000 people safely out of Afghanistan? You bet. Proud of the fact that American troops were able to seize control of a defunct airport and get it operational in 48 hours? You bet. Proud of the fact that we now have about 100,000 Afghans, our former allies. It's all revisionist history, dude. Yeah, it really is. Our former allies and partners living in this country and working towards citizenship. You bet. Does that mean that everything went perfect in that evacuation? Of course not. I've talked about it from a a different podium. The after-action reviews are now being reviewed by members of Congress, which will lay out (laughs) things that could have gone better. Nobody's saying that everything was perfect. But there was a lot that went right. You know, I, I think if you want to say that we should be proud of the men and women who secured that airport in Kabul, yep. absolutely. That was I a like remarkable that. job. Mm-hmm. But that is like praising the janitor after you dropped a bunch of jars of jelly on the floor at the grocery store. They cleaned up your mess, and they did a fantastic job with what they were tasked at doing. That's not a reason for you to do a victory lap, though, because there's no reason, there was no reason for them to be put into a position where they were scrambling like this. No. We're proud of our D minus. Right. Because we could have gotten an F. Well, and really, how we actually treated the men and women that served the country, that give their lives, and it really does seem like it means nothing to those people in charge. And you think about that time and our leadership and the likes of Ned, Ned Price. What's his gig? Spokesman for uh, the State, State Department, Department, whatever. Spokesman, yeah. yeah. We want an inclusive Taliban. <laughs> I mean, it's like, who, 
No one was buying this. No one no. with a brain was buying this at the time. The U.N. Security Council issued a joint press statement earlier today calling for a new government that is united, <laughs> inclusive, and representative, including with the full and, full and meaningful participation of women. The Council spoke with one voice to underscore that Afghanistan must abide by its international obligations. Everyone knew they weren't going to Just do it. shaking in their shoes, weren't they, huh? Yeah. And now that the beatings have happened and women can't go to school, what have you done, Ned? Well, they've written some tweets um, encouraging the Taliban to be more inclusive or something. Uh, and that's had a strong um, effect. Yeah. Those strongly worded letters and tweets. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hearing all of this in the revisionist history just brings back the uh, the sheer rage that I know I and a lot of people felt yeah. watching all of that go down the way it did. And then especially when you had 13 service members killed because yes. of the chaos around the airport. Largest airlift in history, blah, 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 all that oh stuff. Gosh. And then when that jackass Joe Biden goes out to address the nation after that terrorist attack, mm -hmm. he starts talking about his kid. His son, Bo, who died of cancer, saying, hey, you know, I, I don't know how you feel. My kid died, uh, too. Not even close to the same thing. Well, that's really when you saw his polling number take a dive, too, mm -hmm. right after that. He's a, he's a despicable human being. He is. And all these people going out saying, hey, yeah, we're proud of this. You should be. Now, again, I'll just reiterate, I am proud of the men and women in uniform who did the best they could to clean up the mess they were put in. That's a story that's been repeated my entire lifetime, is that bureaucrats and dorks on Capitol Hill make a mess of things, and then people in uniform have to try their best to clean it up. And you know what? For all of the ignorant crap we spend money on, if they said, you know what, we're going to set aside hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars for the people that have served, as a reward to say thank you, mm -hmm. I'd be like, cool, good with me. Yeah. My tax dollars go there, awesome. They won't do it. I just always like the way they use the words diversity and inclusion yeah. with Afghan policy. <laughs> Are you insane? I mean, it's like this world they wish it was, not yeah, the world we... that we really live in. It's an assault on reality, it never ends. Uh, speaking of which, totally different story. Um, this is from Tennessee, and uh, I can't wait to hear this clip because I haven't heard it yet. Yeah. Well, lawmakers in the state of Tennessee expelled a couple of Democrats from the legislature because, well, they let a mob into the state house. So Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, You're you, gone. You can't do that. I mean, there was a lawmaker in Oregon who was charged for letting protesters into the building. Criminally charged. These people are not being criminally charged in Tennessee, but they're saying, hey, you're getting kicked out of the legislature. Yeah. Um, Period. The end. Justin Jones is one of them, and he made quite the claim on MSNBC after the fact. Okay. The world was watching Tennessee, which is why they were on their best behavior. But even under their best behavior, you saw the disdain, the 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 arrogance. Um, you know, the the the. the basically, I had a member on the floor call me an uppity Negro. I mean, this is the, this is the behavior of our body. Nobody called him that. Nobody. Basically calling me that. You could see the racism. Basically, I had a member on the floor call me an uppity Negro. I mean, this is the, this is the behavior of our body. Bring the receipts on that, dude. You, you can't because nobody called you that. Nobody even came close to calling you that. Okay. I'll just say it. Speak for a lot of people. Anytime a guy like that claims something like that, 
what most people see as weakness. Mm-hmm. That's all you got. Claims of racism. That used to mean something in this country. It, mean it doesn't mean no. much to anybody anymore. You've taken a very powerful word and destroyed it. Because it means nothing. Because it, yeah, everybody is now. Anytime everybody who disagrees with you, that's what they are. Right. Absolutely. Someone criticizes you, was well, because I'm, you know, fill in the blank. Right. Black, trans, right. whatever. No, no, you're just weak. That's it. And for the people that you're calling racist, they don't even care anymore. Because again, it doesn't mean anything. No. You're a joke, dude. I mean, that's not to say there isn't real racism. Of course, there is. There is. And that used to be reserved for people who are really racist. Correct. Not just anybody you disagreed with. But now, if you yeah. want to hold someone accountable for their actions, uh-huh. and someone's like, yeah, you're racist, that doesn't mean anything. You're no. weak. No. Step aside. Now, speaking of that, Don Lemon in the news, David. Yeah. <laughs> you planned it like this, didn't you? I, I sure did, yeah. So he decided to uh, weigh in on this entire thing, the woman hater, Don Lemon. Oh, well, You right. were out yesterday, Scott, but uh, there's been this bombshell a uh, report published about how he really does hate women. And there's a reason why generally over the course of his career, he hasn't worked with women in a co-hosting position because he stalked and harassed one of his co-workers. Early, really? early on in his career, yeah, Kyra Phillips, they used to do a wow. show together. And then he got jealous because she did, uh, she was on assignment in Iraq, right? I think it, she went. I think it was Iraq that she went to. Sounds right. And he wanted to do it. And so then he, like, tore up pictures that were on her desk and (laughs) sent her threatening text messages. I mean, just completely insane. Mm -hmm. Uh, But according to woman-hating Don Lemon on CNN, uh, expelling lawmakers for breaking established rules of a state legislature is racist, obviously. Right. Oh, okay. The the way people think about black men in this society needs to really be uh, examined, um, especially with protests, especially with how we express ourselves. If you look at the member there, one what? the guy with the afro, right? He's very outspoken, Justin Pierce, right? I just I just wanted to be clear because there are two Justins. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to be clear about because he has the afro. Yeah, militant or whatever you want to call him, outspoken. But that's how he, that's his way of expressing himself. And so I think that we really need to think about the double standard in this society. You may want to call it, you know, unconscious bias. It's racism. That's exactly, (laughs) that's all that it is. And what they were trying to do is something that was good. Okay, that is an incoherent argument. But then he just falls back on what they all do. Racist. Well, the argument, I think he tried to bring it back home to just saying it's racist because his actual argument there, if you try to piece together the words, is that you need to understand black men can't control themselves in public. (laughs) That that was his argument. It's not my argument. That was what he was arguing. Yeah. And it's okay to express yourself. Right. It's okay. So, again... Go out to the mall, get on all fours and bark like a dog and chase people around. <laughs> I'm expressing myself. What's wrong with that? And now all I can think about is that clip again we just played the other day from 2013 and Don Lemon. He doesn't go far enough because black people, if you really want to fix the problem, here's just five things that you should think about doing. Here's number five. Pull up your pants. Number four now. We got to rethink how we think about black people in the country, says Don Lemon today. Yeah. Is the N-word. Now number three. Respect 
where you live. I've lived in several predominantly white neighborhoods in my life. I rarely, if ever, witness people littering. I live in Harlem now. It's an historically black neighborhood. Every single day I see adults and children dropping their trash on the ground when a garbage can is just feet away. That's artistry, Don. Okay? That's just the way some people express themselves. That's right. How dare you, racist? When's this guy getting canned? He's got nothing left. The co-workers can't stand him. The numbers are down. They have proof of what a leaphole he is. What are they hanging on for? I don't know. Is it still the box checking? That's it? Can right. you re- keep the box checked and just replace him? He also he also likes to sue. That's Well, that is true. And that, that was part of that report yesterday is that Don Lemon brags about how much money he's gotten from various lawsuits. <laughs> and they already have that one with Chris Cuomo. Yeah. Maybe they don't want any more. <laughs> They're being held hostage. Well, that's what you get. What can you say? Um, man, there were a couple of pieces in the Wall Street Journal today that are really interesting. we got to get to. One about bosses in America. They want hard workers. So you know what they're doing? Hiring older people. Yeah, well. Because they're tired of younger people trying to coach them into what they should be, you know, as when they get older and you should want to work hard. They're like, screw it. Can we just find some older people? Because they already know how to work hard. We got to get to that. And another news update. Straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I've seen more and more layoffs happening all around the country. Tech world, different businesses. I see this in the Wall Street Journal. Bosses want hard workers, so they're hiring older people. Mm-hmm. Work ethic. Good. Among other things. Um, older workers in demand at a growing number of companies, the story says. Yeah, I just want people who are competent. And not just competent, dude, but that will work. Well, that helps being competent and working, yes. You can be competent and say, I'm not going to do that shift. Yeah, well. I, I don't want to work. Nah, at what time? Nah, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. And yeah. a lot of companies say, no, no, no. You don't understand. I have a degree. Right. So, <laughs> right. That is part of it. Yeah. Yes. Um, apparently, people 55 and older are the fastest growing segment of the workforce, according to federal data. I had not heard that before the story. Huh? Yeah. Um, and so it goes on to tell in the story how um, AARP in 2012 asked companies to sign a pledge. Okay, give workers over 50 a fair shot in hiring. Just give them a fair shot. Commitments in 2021 rose 122%. Which I know it's percentage, so you know, you're know you not looking at raw numbers, but still, that's a big increase. And you've got this senior advisor um, at a company saying it does make great business sense. They give the example of kinder care learning centers. They operate like 1,500 child care facilities. Um, and in less than a year, they've tallied the resulting hires, and they said the payoff is awesome. There is a willingness from this group to work the opening shift or to close down for the day, to cover during lunches and breaks, or even to be on call as needed. I could go on and on about the value and benefits. And you go on in the story, and it says some of the people that were already retired have looked at People like Tom Brady mm-hmm. as inspiration or Kerry Walsh Jennings, the volleyball player. You know, different people like, yeah, I can still do this. I might as well still do it. Um, last part of it talks about no official measure of discrimination claims on the basis of being too young. 
because federal law protects only workers over 40. But HR departments frequently hear grievances from millennials and Gen Zers say, hey, we're being passed over because of this reputation. They said, well, it's not everybody. If you're working hard, you'll get promoted. But if not, you could get passed over by somebody that's older, and it might take longer to train them. But once you do, they're great workers, and they're probably not going to move to another gig. They're there. Yeah, they're, a lot of times they're there to supplement whatever other income they have. Yeah. They may be empty nesters, so they don't have to be rushing home, you know, to take care of anything. And then also you got to think about the inflation factor. Maybe whatever they're getting out of a pension, it just isn't cutting it anymore. Yeah. So they need the work. They don't feel like they're doing their employer a favor. So, yeah, I can understand completely. Yeah, companies saying, why don't we just hire people who are naturally predisposed to work harder? <laughs> Gee, there's a novel concept. Huh? <laughs> I don't think we have time for it right now. We got to get to the story of the jail guard sentenced for torturing yeah. inmates with baby shark. Yeah. I mean, I can tell it real quick. It happened in 2019, Oklahoma City. They apparently were playing Baby Shark on a loop, and, well, they, they have community service and a couple hundred dollars fine now. I think they need a reward. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. All right, David, biggest story of the day is? I, I can't get over the revisionist history on Afghanistan. I wasn't expecting the Afghanistan withdrawal to be in the news, to be driving the news this week. But, man, mm -hmm. when you got a guy like John Kirby going out there and saying, nope, hey, we did a great job, okay? Uh, we did our after-action report, and really we have found the problem was Donald Trump all along. Um, that was it. <laughs> and now he's asking for it, a pat on, so the bat, uh, on the back for even doing an after-action report. You should be we'll, thanking us. We'll get to more of that. Yeah. And this week, you had this story, David. Twitter, what they said about NPR. Yeah. State sponsored. They freak out. The takedown on Tucker last night was awesome. We'll get to that too coming up. The Barkley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Yes, it's a Gen Xer, a millennial, and a sexy boomer. Having some fun. I, this is not fun. It's frustrating. Uh, that's why we make fun of it. John Kirby. Mm -hmm. He lies all the time, and yesterday lying about Afghanistan Yeah, really has some people angry. Yeah, they, they compiled this, uh, I guess, uh, collection of after-action reports from the disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal, and they have decided that everything happened around and to Joe Biden, not because of Joe Biden, and really, it's, I mean, Donald Trump, that's the guy. Uh, that that is to blame for all anything that went wrong. All the successes that happened, largest airlift in history. That's us. All right. Um, CBS News is Ed O'Keefe, who, by the way, was very upset that they dumped this on everybody's lap on a Thursday before a holiday weekend. It's like the ultimate data dump, isn't it? Uh, yeah. He asked uh, spokesman John Kirby why the blame is only at the feet of Donald Trump. Ooh. Nowhere in here does there appear to be any uh, expression of accountability or mistake by either the president himself or others. Is there any for what happened? I, I would argue that the very fact that we voluntarily, the agencies voluntarily, decided to go conduct after-action reviews. Nobody told them to do that. That wasn't legislated by Congress. They did that on their own. And the fact that they did... You have to answer for what happened. And you're up there saying... 
you should be thanking us. Yep. Wow. The fact that they did that and that we were now placing it in, uh, in, uh, on the Hill for Congress to look at, the fact that we digested and distilled uh, some of the key points of that and gave it out in a public document, the fact that I'm up here talking to you about it, I think shows you how seriously that the president felt about learning lessons. It was a debacle. Everyone knew it. No one got fired. You had to do that preemptively because you're going to have to answer those questions. You're a freaking liar, dude. Anybody that pays attention knows it. So we're falling on there. We learned lessons? Yeah. And the lesson is, we did great. Orange man, bad. Yep. That's pretty much it. This is not putting a carburetor on. (laughs) This is a war. Yeah, people's lives. This is things we left left on the battlefield. These are lives that got lost. These are Americans that are still trapped there. Yeah. Yeah. Lessons learned. That's nah, despicable. Okay. God, I loathe that guy. I know. All of them. Jeez. Terrible. Okay, David. Uh, different story. There was another trans kid that was planning to shoot up a school. Yeah. Yeah. Remember this. Yesterday, we talked about how the White House press secretary, Karine Jean Pierre, uh, was saying that trans kids are resilient and they fight back, which is. <sighs> really tone-deaf messaging considering what happened in Nashville last week and the threats that we continue to see on a daily basis with uh, with the uh, NCAA or former NCAA swimming champion getting chased out by a mob because yep. she has the audacity to say that men shouldn't be competing against women in women's sports. Uh, and now a 19- Americans agree. I mean, you look at the polling. Yeah, a 19-year-old trans person has been arrested, accused of planning to shoot up a bunch of schools in Colorado Springs. William Whitworth is his name. He goes by Lily. Uh, he had he had a list of schools in Colorado Springs Academy District 20 that he wanted to attack. Um, the cops say the whole investigation started about a week ago. There was a domestic disturbance at his house. Really, he'd been punching holes in the wall, and had ripped doors off their hinges. Uh, and then deputies asked, hey, do you have any intention of harming people at the school? And Whitworth indicated that yes. Uh, yes, I do. There's a manifesto they found that had a list of school people and shooters with notes next to their names. Uh, there was also a list of firearms and how to 3D print them. Uh, details, a detailed list of numerous named individuals to be killed and their casualty versus injury rate. Uh, They also apparently had a list of prior school shooters uh, seeing what they did right, what they did wrong in this twisted person's brain. You know what I've heard no one bring up? Radicalized. You think about different things over the last 20 years. This person got radicalized by a religion, by a theory, by whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And then they went out and committed murder. And then you're trying to get at the root at, okay, what exactly got them to become radicalized, right? Mm -hmm. With the trans activists, you don't hear that at all. No. But not even a little. Not, Not even after the Nashville shooting, the question being raised with legacy media. Well, well, because they're the ones doing the radicalizing. Exactly. I mean, look, you have a you have a population of people who are mentally ill, who have something not going right in their brains. 
and then they're throwing a cocktail of antidepressants and hormones and all sorts of stuff into their bloodstream. And they're being told that a genocide is being committed against them. That is the playbook for radicalization. You take desperate people mm-hmm. and you tell them that they are under attack constantly. Well, you take someone that has gender dysphoria. Your heart goes out to them. You wouldn't wish that on anyone. They're not comfortable in their own body. It's an awful thing to go through. You read about it. But then there's the trans activists. That's a completely different amount of people. Different from people suffering from gender dysphoria. They are taking advantage of the people suffering from gender dysphoria and wanting more to suffer from it. Yeah. They want more to come into the camp yeah. to radicalize. It's absolutely evil, but no one seems to be asking that question. Well, it's just, well, guns, guns, guns. we got to do yeah, something right, about the guns. Right, but the indication is there's more of that coming your way. There is. And the ideology, you better change your tune, sir. Oh, yeah. Or you're next. I mean, this yeah. is... Yeah, you said it earlier that you feel like there's a desperation of enough people are saying, okay, this is all nonsense. This just doesn't make sense. When, when, you, when, you, when you look at the topic and you say we're talking about gender mutilation of nine-year-olds, are you okay with that? Most Americans are like, well, hell no, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. And, and you got the administration saying, well, no age limit on that. That's between the kid again, and the parent. If you're an adult and this is what you want to do, you know, if this is what you want to do, fine by me. But stay away but from the kids. get away from the kids. That's all, that's all anybody's asking here. That's it. That's it. If they feel the same way at the age of 18, they feel at 10, then who am I to say so? And there's a 10% chance of that happening. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But they still want them on theory blockers. But they don't want to do it's that. Terrible. Right. Because you have to create more. The numbers have to increase. All right. Going to switch gears to something else. And I think you're going to find some comedy in this. At least in a minute you will. So NPR, it was earlier this week. David, you had the story. Twitter decided to <laughs> to basically put a warning on any NPR tweet that it's state-affiliated yeah. media. No, it's not even really a warning. It's just a tag. They do the same thing for state media uh, all around the world. And because NPR is a taxpayer-funded, at least partially taxpayer-funded venture, then it does make sense to say it's state-affiliated media. Yeah, take it with a grain of salt. Come on. <laughs> and you heard the reaction from people at NPR. They were out of their minds and, well, this is racist. Yeah. It's racist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Heard, uh, yes. It's like, <laughs> and it's absolutely not. And then you had Corinne Jean-Pierre, which was wild, man, actually oh, yeah. reading a statement. She's looking down and reading. I, it must have been a prepared statement from NPR about this. There's no doubt of the independence of NPR's journalists. And uh, it has been, <laughs> if you've ever been on the receiving end of their of their questions. Okay. Uh, sorry to interrupt. David, you haven't heard this yet, neither of you, Scott, no. which is one of my favorite things that happens on this show. Yeah. You haven't heard this. No, this crazy you know this you know that they have their independence in journalism npr journalists work digitally uh, to hold public officials accountable and inform the american people the hard-hitting independence nature of their coverage speaks uh speaks for itself and so i'll leave it there so kudos to tucker carlson uh highlighted this last night um and i don't listen to npr so i don't know exactly Mm -hmm. what they're featuring um but they did last night on his show 
and some of the clips that he was playing from NPR, you know, after hearing Karine Jean-Pierre talking about it's the hard-hitting stuff and holding people accountable. Journalism at its finest. It, yes. And he made the point, you know, NPR lobbyists head to Capitol Hill, you know, every year for more tax dollars and then say, actually, we don't even want those dollars. Okay, because we're supported by the people. No, they're supported. They need the money. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's an absolute farce. So one of the things they, they went over was some of the hard-hitting reporting from NPR. Like, um, well, <laughs> an anti-diet dietitian, okay, when it comes to eating, basically saying, Tucker was saying, you know, for, you know, some of the listeners, hey, it's okay, be fat, it's great. So diet culture is this overarching system of beliefs and values that's really endemic to Western culture at this point in history. Christy Harrison is an anti-diet registered dietitian with a master's in public health. See, you got a master's, so just believe her. Yeah. Okay. You like that one, David? You know why diet culture, if you want to call it, is so prevalent in the Western world? Because the Western world isn't the only play or is the only portion of the world where you don't have millions of people literally starving to death. You don't yeah. find morbid obesity in a lot of places in China because a lot of places in China they don't have enough food to eat. <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. Uh, he said, but it's not just that. Um, they'll cover different things, and it's not just your regular you know, alphabet mafia type stories, they dig a little bit deeper, Um, you know, to talk about uh, trans dinosaurs. (laughs) What? Trans dinosaurs. (laughs) Trans dinosaurs? Yes. From Marvel? I'm just going to play this. Did this they turn is freaking into spaceships. This or is NPR, dude. Listen to this. Many people who are queer, whether they are trans or some other form of gender queer or whatever it is, we love dinosaurs. Along with being a dinosaur expert, Riley is herself transgender. And according to Riley, there is a whole community of gender queer dinosaur enthusiasts online. It gets better. We had no idea. So we checked it out. Sure enough, they're there. We found dozens of paleo artists online that identify as queer. Type dinosaur into the LGBT subreddit. Hundreds of results with pride dinos, rainbow dinos, dino moms, dino dads, and a lot of puns. Hey, listen. Like allysaurus. Transceratops. <laughs> How could America survive without, without that hard-hitting journalism? Huh? You want more? Also, I hesitate, but go ahead. That you got to get to the hard hitting <laughs> stuff that people need okay, to know. Right. I mean, it, this is out of your pocketbook, mine, the, the whole country. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, hey, what shows have you been binging recently? Well, Kamari, what TV show were you binging this year? I was watching We Are. <laughs> the delivery of these people, David, yeah. you have it down too. Can you tell me a little bit more about your genderqueer stamp collection community? <laughs> I was watching We Are Lady Parts. It's a musical comedy about a punk band in London that is made up of all Muslim women. <laughs> sure. I can't, I can't parody any of this. I, you really can't. I'm trying. Every time I think I have an outrageous line, they actually top it. It's well, and then disappointed in queer, myself. Queer punk band made up of Muslim women? Yes. 
And then, you know, for the holy thing smoke. he said, barren people that listen, you got to cover the romance novels, right? Yeah, of course. Romance novels. I didn't know they covered that on NPR. I had no idea. No. But it's unintentionally hilarious. I'm like really big in the sci-fi ones. One of the books was a gay couple and one of them was a kraken. And I didn't want that to unlock something in me. Unfortunately, it did. Before I knew it was happening, Cyrus was carrying me, the muscular lengths of his tentacles supporting our combined weight, and shuffling us towards the stall without breaking our kiss. You both look horrified and confused. Mm-hmm. I will not stand by why they sexualize creatures, dinosaurs, or whatever. <laughs> Tentacle porn? You're against I, I, it? I am absolutely against it. All right. Somebody's I knew he was strong, it. but I didn't think he was that strong. <laughs> you like that, Rollins? He asked. As his tentacles slammed the door to the shower stall open, and we stumbled it inside. <laughs> Public money is going to that. What is going on? His tentacles open the shower door. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> it's so sad. There's layoffs going on there. Hard-hitting journalism right there. As long as we don't fire a disproportionate amount of tentacle porn-loving weirdos, <laughs> then I think NPR will continue to exist. <sighs> I had never heard the term tentacle porn-loving weirdos until today. <laughs> never. All right. News update and much more coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. The brown face of white supremacy. What is this? Oh, yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of controversy, right? Because lawmakers in the state of Tennessee expelled a couple of Democrats for leading an insurrection last week. Letting yeah. letting a, a mob into the state house. Yeah. And there are rules against that, and they were punished according to the rules. And apparently that is racist and horrible. And just think about who Democrats are defending right now. According to uh, one of them, an Indian-American immigrant who has been here for about 53 years Mm -hmm. is a white supremacist. This This is an incredible exchange here. Uh, Representative Sabi Kumar was talking about uh, what this process is. In those 53 years in America, I have never encountered a racial slur. I'm really not aware that any of that applies to me. I live a good life. Yet, you on tape call me a brown face. Yes, sir, it's on tape. And what what I told you was what you just exhibited as the only member of their caucus who is not of the Caucasian persuasion. I said that you put a brown face on white supremacy. Oh, my gosh. They've lost their minds. You know what? we got to get ready for the Friday Five. We'll explain why. What we're doing today, songs with roll in the title. Roll. R-O-L-L. Roll in the title. But not rock and roll, just roll. The number, 210-619-2053. It's the Friday Five. Next. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show.
Martin Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Martley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, thank you for being here. It's Friday. That means some fun. We do a countdown every Friday, and it starts like this. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody wants to get mellow, you can get the f*** out of here, all right? The Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Every Friday we do our countdown. The Friday Five. And today, heading into Easter weekend, Sunday morning, what did they do with the stone? What did they do? They rolled it away. Yes, they rolled it away. We're doing songs with roll in the title. Oh, I thought you were going to go stone for a second. I don't know what's on this because I wasn't here. You weren't here yesterday to no. put it together. No. And so you'll be surprised on how this is ranked because you're right. It was just David and I putting it together. I'm trying to think what crappy 90s hair metal bands had a song with roll <laughs> in the title. But... 90s, not 80s hair metal? That's more 90s saying? for you, I think. You're taking shots early 80. here, I see. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just, I don't even, I don't, again, I don't know what's in it, so. Well, before, okay, a couple of things. One, if it's rock and roll, it's out. Oh, oh. And the reason is because, David, how long would that list be? That list would be like three pages long. So no no, no rock and roll. It's just got to be roll, rolling, uh, something like that. Got yes, together. And you know how we rank them. We go by how big a hit or how iconic is the song. Does it stand the test of time? And then how much do you personally like it? Put it all together. Unfortunately, no air supply in the countdown today, really. I don't think they did a song with roll in the title. Yeah. Okay, who's up first, David? Uh, let's talk to Russell in Texas. Hey, Russell. Hey, gentlemen. How are y'all? Great, Russell. Thanks for checking in, man. What you thinking? Song with roll in the title. Uh, well, it was the first song that popped in my head. It may not be in your top five, but I was thinking about Paul McCartney and Wings, Let Me Roll It. Let wow. me roll it. Let me roll it. Would that have made your five stop? Yeah, maybe. I like the guitar part coming up here. Do you think <laughs> Cool. But good honorable mention. All right, who's next? Uh, let's talk to... I'm, I might mispronounce your name here, so I apologize in advance. Uh, Shala in Fort Worth. Hello? Hey. Hello. Hi. Did David butcher your name? <laughs> Is it Shayla? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I, he said Shayla. I Absolutely. Thought, I thought it did. was one or the other, and I picked wrong. Oh, my goodness. It's such an honor to actually say hi to you guys. I absolutely love y'all. You put a smile on my face and make me laugh out loud every single day. So, love oh, y'all. Thanks, Shayla. That's so sweet of you to say. Appreciate that. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Bob Dylan, Like a Rolling Stone. Bob Dylan. Like a Rolling Stone. Yep. Would that have been in your five, Scott? Maybe. Maybe. Iconic hits up there. This is interesting because the test of time score sometimes vary. What do you give it for test of time, David? Um, I I gave it a uh, I gave it a seven. Mm-hmm. But I I think. The problem, what what hits it, is that it's a, a six-minute-long song. That makes it hard to play a lot on a classic rock radio. Boy, we played it all the time. Yeah, six oh two. Yeah, good song. 
Yeah, it, yeah. If you sometimes you can make the argument with songs, if it was two minutes shorter, you'd probably like it a lot more. Yeah, that might be one of those. Might be okay. Who's next? Uh, let's talk to Uncle Schultze in Oregon. Hey, Uncle Schultze, am I on? Is you this are. me? It's you. Anyway. Anyway, gentlemen, in light of recent events, if you're looking for an alternative to Anheuser-Busch products, I recommend my go-tos, Schlitz Malt Liquor and Colt 45. (laughs) Although I would certainly recommend cracking the windows at night before you go to bed. But anyhow, I'd like to recommend... Don't mess with the bull. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, I'm going to go with uh, Let the Good Times Roll by the Cars. Oh, good pick, Uncle Schultz. Number two. I would say that's more iconic than big hit. Yeah. But still iconic. Certainly a test of timer. Good song. Yeah. Great album. Where did you have that, David? You have it pretty high? I had that at number three, I think. My personal like, it, I don't hate the song at all, but it's not yeah. my favorite card song. It's. It's not one that I have to listen to when it comes on the radio. I know what you mean, but I, it's not like I reach to turn it off. It's it's solid. Yeah. yeah. Okay, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys. Love your show. I, too, watched the recent CMT award show and was caught up in the ensuing modern sensitivity hashtag song backlash. <laughs> My additions were classics like hashtag rhinestone Toxically masculine ranch hand and <laughs> hashtag coal ho- coal miners front hole havers. <laughs> That's outstanding. Yes. Ah. My song, play, Garth Brooks, The Thunder Rolls. Oh, yeah, buddy. Oh, yeah. Number three. The Thunder Rolls and the lightning strikes. That Robbins does not approve. It's okay. I, this was my number one. A huge song. I love this song. 10 out of 10. Test of time. Uh, the country format's kind of hard sometimes because it doesn't really fit in that classic country category. But, I mean, it still gets played yep. in newer country stuff. You know, if, if you, you know, you go into the gold records and whatnot. I, I love the song. I may have personal stereoed it a little bit, but I love that song. I, I would say without Scott's picks, that rose higher. Scott doesn't give country, in my opinion. Sometimes it's due. Sometimes I like country, but <clears throat> I mean, I, I don't hate Garth Brooks. I don't love Garth Brooks. <laughs> I have no Garth Brooks on my playlist. I just I don't think know, it man. doesn't. To me, with you, I it's like there's two artists that immediately, and maybe it's the fan base that that sours you on them a little bit. But it's Dave Matthews Band and Garth Brooks. Because it's like, it's a Dave thing. You wouldn't understand. Or Garth right. Brooks. It's a Garth thing. You wouldn't understand. I've heard you say that dozens yeah, of times. Yeah, I know. Already. I know. I know. I know. And I'm guilty of that. Yes. Yeah. I can't wait for the Dave Matthews Garth Brooks tour. <laughs> <laughs> Friday Five, we're doing songs with Roll in the title. The number is 210-619-2053. And who's next, David? Uh, let's talk to uh, Mary in Panama City, Florida. Hey, Mary. Hey, guys, how's it going? Mary, it's great. How's Panama City? 
It's awesome. It's getting hot, though. Good grief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like already summertime, you know. <laughs> awesome. But we, we can handle it, right? Yeah. Yes. Thanks for another great week of radio, you guys, and for helping to keep us sane through all the insanity. <laughs> Good Lord. I don't know you how much more they can throw at us. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Well, thanks. Uh, good. Yeah. We all got to stick together through all this madness. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, I am a fellow hair, oh, crappy hair rocker, as uh, Scott put it. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever in his That's little right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So anyway, but this band wouldn't qualify as that, but this was a great old song. How about Roll On Down the Highway, BTO? Oh, yeah. That's a great song. Absolutely, yeah. I think Mary understands good music, Scott. Oh, she does. Definitely rocks harder than you. <laughs> I love this song. In general, you know what I mean. No, I don't know what you mean. David, based on what we know of Mary and Scott, who rocks harder? Oh, Mary. There's no question. Talk to I love you, Scott. That's not a that's not a slam on you, Scott, at all. No. But just Mary, Mary has rocked harder than at least probably you and I combined. I don't know about Jamie. <laughs> well, nobody rocks harder than Jamie. Ask I never. Him. St- ask, I'm not saying ask that. Him. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying, when it comes to musical taste, I prefer the harder rock. That's all. There was a mutual friend of ours that was talking about Jim Nance and the Masters, saying that Jim and Scott probably had the same musical taste. I thought that was well put. Yeah, I haven't peered at Jim Nance's playlist, but there's probably plenty of ambrosia in America on there. (laughs) Some bread. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Dan Fogelberg. Sure. sure. Okay. All right, we got time for another call, David. Yeah, one more. Uh, Let's talk to Tony in Fort Worth. Hey, Tony. Uh Uh-huh. Hey, Tony. Hi. Hi, Tony. I'm so excited to talk to y'all. I have been listening. After Rush Limbaugh died, I was just lost. Y'all are the best. I tell everybody about you. Oh, Tony, thanks Thank so, much. so much. Really I'm nice. serious. I just I, I listen to you, and then when I watch news at night for just the short time I can stand it, I go, oh, I already know that. I already know that. I already know that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, really, I just love y'all to death. Um, my song is Roll Me Away, Bob Seger. Oh, what a great song. Yes. Does anybody get the sense that that should have been a much bigger hit for Bob Seger? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. But, we, you know, we're Midwest guys. I mean, he was like the king of the Midwest, you know? Yeah, if I'm to be honest, when I was growing up, Bob didn't rock hard enough for me. No. It was when I got a little bit older, I had much more appreciation for Bob Seger. I saw him on the Night Moves tour. First time I saw him. It was unbelievable. What year was that? 70? It was 76, I guess. 75. I don't know if I drove myself or my parents dropped me off. I can't remember. Didn't Night Moves come out in 73? No, no. It was 75 or 6. I'm, I can't believe I'm right here and you're wrong because usually you're like rain. Do you man. want to bet money on that? Yeah, I'll bet you it's not 1973. Night moves. I'll bet you it's not 1973. I bet you it's not past 1973. Oh, yeah, it is. It might be. Yeah, it's past 73. David's already looked it up. Night moves, David. All right. <laughs> well, we got five on this? Sure. I'm confident of this one. David? Uh, d- Scott wins. 
It was 1976. So it was 75, 76. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Was it, was it a birthday gift for you, Scott? October twenty second, nineteen seventy six is when it was. Released. Um, I don't know, but I know I was there, and and I think my parents dropped me off because I, <laughs> I didn't have my driver's license yet. <laughs> and it was a great show. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well played, and you won money on this. I, how about that? Congratulations. That never happens to me. You only owe me 40 now. Get income tax return, and I get money from you. <laughs> hey, that's right. You're getting $42. I'm living right. Man. You owe me 40 You'll have two left over. Hey, good for me. Excellent. All right. Friday 5, songs with roll in the title. Still looking for number one. And the number is 210-619-2053. And we'll wrap it up next. The Mark Van Camp and Robert Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Got a news update in about, oh, 11 minutes. Oh, also the Scott Robbins trifecta. Before we get there, we got to wrap up the Friday Five. Today, you know, Sunday morning, Easter weekend, they rolled Stone away. Great song. Songs with roll in the title is the Friday Five. That didn't make it, but I did. Stevie Winwood. You loved it, Scott, so there's an honorable Number one song. Roll with it. Didn't make five, though. The Cars Let the Good Times Roll is number two. The Thunder Rolls from Garth Brooks, number three. We're still looking for one, four, and five. We've had some great honorable mentions. And who's next? Let's talk to Donald in Washington, D.C. Hey, Don. Good afternoon, boys. This is Donald J. Trump, the 45th and soon-to-be 47th president of the United States. Thanks for calling in, Donald. I love your show. It's always... Good to hear responsible cis males speaking truth to the beautiful nation. <laughs> I like that. The song you do our best, man. It was a great, it was a great hype song during my campaign. It was Limbiscuits Rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. <laughs> Scott, with you being gone yesterday, we were debating test of time on Roland from Limp Biscuit. <laughs> it was huge. Test of time was? No, oh. as a hit. Oh. It was a big song. Yep. Uh, test of time? I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to hear it every day, but when it comes on, i got to tell you I enjoy it. <laughs> It rules, man. <laughs> it's a biscuit, biscuit thing. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next? Let's talk to Jamie in Tacoma. Hey, Jamie. Yeah. Hey, man, what's up? Not much. Who's this? Markley Van Camp and Robbins, Jamie. What's going on? Oh, hey, not much. You want my pick? Yes, yes sir. What you got? How about Love Roller Coaster by the Ohio Players? Great song, man. That's two Jamies that love that song. All right. Number Excellent. four. That was the bass player. I dug that guy. <laughs> he didn't really sing. He just kind of interjected that stuff. <laughs> this is the interesting thing David and I agreed on. I really do love that song. For a minute and a half. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot of those because it's so repetitive the r&b funk stuff i yes like there's a lot of those songs i really like for about a minute and then i'm then i'm good i can move on i'm yeah. with you man but that is so fun roller coaster i Say like what? that chili peppers part. version of that too it's mm -hmm. good all right who's next let's talk to brad in las vegas hey brad hey guys how are we doing today great brad 
Thanks for checking in, man. Hey, thanks for having your great show. Thank oh, you. You're welcome. So, how about uh, let's go with uh, Coolio rolling with the homies? Yeah. Robbins would have had it number one if he'd have been here yesterday. I like this song. Yeah. Rest in peace, Coolio. Yeah. Yeah, there were, you know, like every week there are different honorable mentions that we just don't get to because we run out of time. You know, like Temptations, Papa Was Rolling Stone was good yeah. honorable mention. But we got to get to our number one because it hadn't been picked yet. And I actually think, Robbins, even though you weren't here, you would totally approve of this. Okay. All right, roll it. Number one. Oh, yeah. Are you a speedwagon? I love this song. That's another song that I had heard so many times. I was so burned out on it. And then I heard it a few years ago, and I'm like, wow, that is a great song. It really is. That's a solid number one. Yeah. The songs with Roland in the title. And as always, thanks for playing along. It makes it fun. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Big story of the day, David. Uh, biggest story of the day. I mean, there are a couple. One is uh, the Biden administration completely rewriting history when it comes to the Afghanistan debacle uh, from a year and a half ago. And, infuriating. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, the pile-on is happening. Is Democracy is under attack in the state of Tennessee because people broke the rules of the legislature and got the boot. Yeah, I guess there are some people used to, I don't know, getting away with whatever they want. And if not, then they just scream racism mm -hmm. or sexism yeah. or whateverism yeah. that's convenient at the time. I'm tough. All right, get to that in the news update and the Scott Robbins trifecta straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Yeah. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, before we get to the trifecta, David, uh, one of these expelled lawmakers in Tennessee yeah, um, who is screaming racism. Mm -hmm. It's because I'm black. That's why I've been expelled. Yeah. Uh, one time called for somebody else to be expelled? Yeah. So they, they expelled these two uh, members of the state legislature because they let protesters in uh, to the House floor. And so that is against the, the rules. And so the House voted to give them the boot. I mean, they'll probably be back after a special election anyway, but, you know, we'll see. They're gonna, right. But it's interesting because uh, on January 13th of 2021, Justin Jones, one of the state representatives who was kicked out, said America must be one of the only nations, uh, apostrophe S, not very, not very good at spelling, <laughs> where the same lawmakers who participated in a coup then get to vote on whether or not they're to oust their leader, expel the white supremacist insurrectionists in Congress. <laughs> expel lawmakers, you say. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Now, I, I don't know what's more embarrassing, <laughs> to scream racism all the time or to say that was really an insurrection. Yeah. I, Either I, way. I, I do also have to ask the question, <laughs> were there any lawmakers that opened the doors for the rioters during the Capitol riot? Uh, no, but silence is violence. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, and because they were quiet, mm -hmm. uh, that's part of violence. Right. Then their feelings were hurt. Something like that. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Um, any other update uh, to get to before the Robins trifecta? No, I mean, there there is some talk about why they didn't uh, expel the white lady. Uh, part of the reason why they didn't do that is because one vote actually switched to not expel her. Okay. And the justification was, well, she didn't really open the doors for them or something like that. But, man, you talk about an unforced error. Because now she's out there saying the only reason I got to keep my job is because I'm white. <laughs> so... Well, let's vote again then. Vote again and you're right. out. <laughs> right. No problem. You can go too. Yeah. Perfect. All right, Robin, you ready? Sure, let's go. All right, let's go. Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, except for these off. The trifecta of Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day, always helped by his hero. I'm Casey Casey. Hey, Casey, weekend coming up, buddy. Coming over? Uh, Got you. No, I asked if you were coming over. I'm ready. Okay, all right. Three. Ignoring me again. (laughs) Number three. uh, Chicago mayor-elect Brandon Johnson says he knows what the problem is with crime in the city of Chicago. Well, you know, it's run rampant in the city of Chicago. I mean, crime is on the uptick. uh, But they have a new mayor-elect there, Brandon, which is let's go Brandon to the power of two now. Uh, Put the blame on violence and poverty in the Windy City on... Big corporations. That's right. It's your fault. We have large corporations. 70% of large corporations in our city of Chicago and in the state of Illinois do not pay a corporate tax. This must stop. Did he yell when he said that? Or is that yeah, just no, you? that's me adding in. Infl- I'm just trying to be as excited as I can be. You know, because it's been a long time. We've been kicking this crime problem around for quite mm-hmm. a while. And it seems like the only solution we've come to is maybe hire some more police and start, you know, rocking a few heads. Maybe that'll stop it. You would think that I, this we guy... were wrong. You were wrong. Okay. I was wrong. David was wrong because it's big corporations not paying their fair share. If they just did, we'd have money to stop this. What would he do with the money to stop it? Midnight basketball, you know, <laughs> things for the kids to do. Okay. Rather than jack cars. But as far as hiring any cops, no, that's no. He just didn't want to do it. Right, he doesn't. He does, <laughs> oh, still doesn't. Well, thank you. Yeah, he campaigned on this, you remember? Got it. All right. We're getting closer and closer to number one. They will leave Chicago in as more than they have been leaving And Chicago. the countdown continues. <laughs> yes, it does, Casey. Scott Robbins, trifecta, the top three of the day. Two. You know, this guy doesn't even wait until I'm done now. He just jumps in. Two. Okay. <laughs> Number two. Gosh. Uh, British two. Oli- a British Olympian called out Nike for having that deal with that dude, Dylan Mulvaney, the, the guy who's pretending to be a ditzy girl. Yeah, and he's not a ditzy girl. Sharon Davis is the Olympian's name. She won silver with Team Great Britain in the 400-meter individual medley uh, back in 1980 in Moscow. She said the move is a step back. After all these sports bodies have moved to give biological women their own protected category in competitions. She says it's frustrating. We take two steps forward with World Athletics and Swim England protecting the women's sports. And then Nike goes out and puts her on there prancing around in women's workout gear. The yep. ad feels like a parody of what women are. In the past, it was always seen as an insult to say, run like a girl. And here we've got someone behaving in a way that's very unsporty and very unathletic. 
It's frustrating when only 1% of the USA sponsorship dollar goes to females in sports. That Nike would feel like this to do this is a kick in the teeth of women athletes everywhere. Wow. Thank you for stepping up and standing because you're going to take a beating for this. Well, there's strength in numbers. The more people that stand up to it. I 100% agree with you. And But we saw what happened yesterday, right? With that swimmer, Riley Gaines. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're asking everybody to go to the University of San Francisco to go speak like no. she did. Um, but it's just making your voice heard. That that's this a, that's, is see, that's ridiculous, the, that's, and you got to protect women's sports. I mean, you have a daughter who is an athlete. Yes. I mean, my granddaughter's an athlete. Um, I have athletes, female athletes, all over in my family, right? Yes. Dude, we talked about this. Don't make this argument anymore that because they say they are, they are, and they should be able to participate with women in women's sports. It's just flat wrong. That's wrong. If you've listened for a while, you knew this before it happened. My daughter being a swimmer. Yep. And this was before the U-Pen swimmer. Me saying at those meets, you know, like at a you know college meet, whether it's NAIA, you know, D2, D1, whatever. If they actually run that meet where if it's the, you know, say 100 fly or it's the 100 freestyle and they mm-hmm. run it back to back with women first and then men and you watch it. And I remember saying at the time, if they ever allow a biological male in there, it's going to be an absolute farce. I, it's crazy. I mean, you're just talking bigger, stronger, faster. It's not that the women are not great athletes. They are, but it's an incredible disadvantage. And then you actually see it happening. And then it gaining momentum. It's absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. There was a whole piece. I know you were out yesterday, and it was the Federalists talking about all these corporations that have been on the side of the whole trans movement, which you can easily make the argument. It's anti-women. Yes. Yes, of course you can. And it's stereotyping, stereotyping women. Yes. So they don't know anything about athletics, and they they run funny, and they, you, you know, it, it's it's stereotyping well, them to the extreme. Well, it is. <laughs> I don't know anything about basketball, but it's trying to gain market share at the expense of a lot of times their own customers. It, you know, like Tampax. When they came out with, you know, not all women have periods and not all people with periods are women. Let's celebrate the diversity of all people who bleed. It's like you got to be freaking That's kidding. Womanhood reduced to people who bleed. Bleed. Yes, Good Lord, yes. man. I know. I mean. And you could just vote with your dollars. Like, I'm not. Okay, I'm done. I'm not I, spending money there. I don't understand why there's not an uprising. And maybe there will be. Maybe it's just starting. A lot I, of pushback with, with feminists. Yes. Who well, are, and I who think are being it, demeaned by this. The whole thing with Anheuser-Busch and Dylan Mulvaney, you know, earlier this week, you're hearing a ton of backlash all over the place, and it's damage control with the people that work there. You know a lot of the guys that are driving trucks for Budweiser around the country are like, are you serious? Yeah, they got to do Now we got to answer for right. this. They're on the ground Because you knuckleheads right. at corporate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and you know, their buddy's going, so it's Tranheiser Bush now? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it sucks for them because of the decisions of stupid people. Well, yeah. And I'm still, I'm still waiting. And, I, you know, and again, I'm waiting for the guy who's not quite good enough in the NBA to say he's a girl to make the money in the WNBA. 
and dominate. And this, it's already happening in Australia. That's the wokest sports league on the planet is the WNBA. They'd almost have to accept this. That'll be a funny day. Right, now, four out of on five starters are dudes. Say it again. Four out of five starters are dudes. Now, on with the countdown. Thank you for letting me finish. Casey's really directing this. He thing. is. Scott man. Robbins, trifecta. His top three stories of the day up to number one. Number one, the World Health Organization says, and I know this is breaking news, you know, China hasn't been very forthcoming about the COVID origins. No, they haven't. And some hmm. information has disappeared. Based on genetic data that they put out, their team of virus experts wanted you to believe and everybody else that uh, there's near definitive proof that COVID-19 began in nature. Well, people started to connect dots that didn't exist and went, wait a minute, that's not true. And in the contrary, any evidence they had seems to have disappeared. And that's the big bombshell, not from the WHO. Like, hey, they haven't been very transparent about this. So let me get this straight now. The big bombshell is based on data uploaded by China that doesn't show any raccoon dogs were sold at the market that were supposed to be infecting people across the country. Are we ever going to get to the bottom of this? We can rule out raccoon dogs now. I mean, and pangolas. I don't think anyone's ever going to admit it. I think we all have a pretty good idea. And there you have it. Yes. Gee, we just we just found out where the dots don't connect. Irv. Scott Robbins, trifecta, yes. top three Thank of the you. day. Thank you, of course, as always. Yes. Thank you. Bye, Casey. Uh, we got to get to a news update. Oh. And the Good Friday edition of <laughs> Nimrods of the News. You won't want to miss. Straight ahead right here. Goodbye. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. It is still remarkable to me that Riley Gaines, former NCAA swimmer, mm-hmm. who is now on a campaign to try to encourage people to not allow dudes to play in women's sports, gets chased out of a, an event at San Francisco State University, has to hunker down in a room for three hours because people are threatening her after she was punched by a dude wearing a dress. Mm-hmm. And that's not really national news, apparently. That's like, ah, well. But but we know why. We know why. I mean, especially after the despicable reaction we saw to the Nashville shooting, where more and more news outlets and and activists were implying, and in a, a few extreme cases, outright saying that, well, you know what? Maybe those kids had it coming. I mean, it is so despicable. Because media has made the the activist class out to be this collection of victims who are under assault all the time. And so, therefore, any action that they take is justified because it's just just punching back. That's how they see it. If you're all for women's rights and some of the pillars of women's sports, I mean this, where is Billie Jean King? Where's Serena Williams? Where are all these pioneers? You up there and say, hey, this is wrong. You cannot allow biological males to compete with females. And Riley Gaines deserves to be heard. She worked her entire life for something. Made it to the top of her sport. And because the governing bodies allowed a biological male... To compete, you saw some of those races. Mm-hmm. It was a joke. Yeah. 
So where are all these brave people that are standing up for women? Even here, I mean, how many times have we seen this? You know, we went from, you know, believe all women, women deserve to be protected, sure. all of that during the Me Too movement. And now, I mean, you have this case where she has to hunker down for a few hours while this radical activist mob holds her hostage, basically. You had left-wing activists chasing Kirsten Cinema into a bathroom. Right. What is going on here? Why are they allowing this? Why isn't... Why... I, why doesn't the White House come out and say, hey, look, we may disagree with however they want to wordsmith it. We may disagree with her stance on this, but this is unacceptable. Why isn't the university expelling all of those students? They were they involved be. in a mob action. It's all about making the country. It's destabilizing everything. And completely changing the United States. I mean, when you get to it at the end, that's what yeah. it's about. I mean, I just try to play the other side, the hypothetical side of it. Let's say that Will Thomas, a.k.a. Leah Thomas, the, the dude who competed mm -hmm. against women in NCAA swimming. Let's say he's speaking somewhere and a group of MAGA bros chases him and he has to hide out for three hours in a locked room with police standing by to protect him. Oh, dude, you know what would happen. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that's... They would freak out. And, and I would agree. That would be completely unacceptable for somebody to do. Right. But this, <laughs> but they're not reasonable people. No, they're not. No. And honestly, that's why you, you can't share much space with those people. Well, they're identifying as violent now. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, they got it right. All right, we got to get to Nimrod's. Roll it out. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dean. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. Oh, he's starting Connecticut. 30-year-old man, Mason Heath, crashes car into the Plainfield Police Department's entrance sign. Oh, my. Ooh. Bad place to crash. He was speeding and driving recklessly. Um, unclear if he was on drugs, drunk, or both. Yeah. He was charged with traveling too fast, failing to maintain the proper lane, and operating under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Uh, in the past two months, there's also been the story about an impaired driver crashing into an impaired driver sign. <laughs> so, I mean, this is like a trend now. <laughs> and then in Michigan, a 60-year-old guy there charged, <laughs> guess what he used as a weapon during an altercation with a store clerk? Frozen fish. Ow. Hurts, hurts like hell. You ever get hit with a frozen fish? You have? No. I just figure it does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, I haven't heard this story. This is worth telling, Scotty. I'm, I'm guessing you're right, though. It would hurt. And that is Nimrod's in the news.